0: The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited.
1: Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? radio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan.
0: Good afternoon. Welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. You'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending. The woman well first up i caught a little story or it really isn't a story it was more around research by celeste Altus, um just end of april and i thought it was kind of fun so i wanted to pass it along it's all around the kinds of cars that the genders like so they kind of broke down what would be a male car and a female car it was a truecar.com study of new car sales from for 2011 and it shows um female affinity for, quote, unquote, cute, fuel-efficient minis and other small import cars, and I know this is going to be a shocker for you, but men love their trucks, SUVs, and, yes, Ferraris, although I don't know how many men actually drive Ferraris or can afford to, but maybe it's their midlife crisis or their their dream car, but um, the title of the study was called Men Prefer Flashy or Brawny Vehicles and Women Prefer Import Brands and Smaller Vehicles. Not such a creative title, but I guess it kind of sums it all up. Uh, but if you look at the top five um, for men, uh, the first, of course, is Porsche 911. The second was GMC Sierra, followed by Ford F-Series Chevrolet Corvette. Yeah, that's a classic, isn't it? And Chevrolet Silverado. And when it comes to women, uh, Volvo S40 tops it for us. Followed by the Nissan Rogue, Volkswagen Eos, Volkswagen Beetle, and the Hyundai Tucson. So anyway, just thought that was that was kind of interesting. That um, even though men and women are very different, it seems like we're somewhat stereotypical when it comes to our vehicles and what we love. Well, our pros profile today is the target trendsetter, and um, this is a mom, of course, more than 9 million of us out there making more than 90000 a year, median age of around 40. A third of us have graduated from college, and a quarter of us stay at home full-time. These women are hopeful, very happy with their life as it is, consider themselves to be optimistic, and uh, they put their family first. Um, their SUV, ironically, we were just talking about cars, matches her actual Active lifestyle, she says. She needs a lot of room to haul those kids around because she does that a lot. And uh, she sees herself really being a homemaker. That's kind of where she sees herself spending most of her time. She loves just kind of the act of shopping, even if she doesn't make a purchase. And she does shop frequently, and she does change up brands based on just, you know, what's new out there. Um, she is seeking out deals and can be lured to brands and stores based on bargains and other specials, so keep that in mind when you want to connect with her. Um, and, you know, she struggles with managing money, as we all do, I'm sure, especially in this day and age, and she's looking uh, to have some job security. Um, it's really important to her, and uh, she's looking to save a little bit more as well. She's shopping at Land's End, Old Navy, Gap, uh, Kohl's, uh, Toys R Us. And uh, she's driving a Volkswagen, there you go, a Honda, GMC, Dodge, Chrysler, and, yep, a Volvo. Uh, if you're a marketer, how do you connect with our target trendsetter? Well, she's reading those parenting magazines, as you would expect, Family Fun, Parenting, and Parents, along with Real Simple, Red Book, and First for Women. She's online a lot, checking out a lot of those kids' sites like Disney. But she's also on iVillage, getting a little bit of chat in there, as well as looking for news at CBS.com and MSNBC.com. And she's also on cable on HGTV, Disney, Nickelodeon. Also looking at entertainment uh, channels like E lifetime and food network. Well, my guest today knows a lot about moms, certainly knows a lot about women and that's because she is the co-founder and COO of Blog Her. Alisa Kemahort Page. We've had her on before, love to have her. On each and every year, especially to talk about the upcoming Blog Her conferences. They are must attend events for anyone interested in connecting with bloggers and learning more about blogging. Elisa herself writes or contributes to up to eight blogs. That's right, eight blogs. So,
1: more from Elisa when Purse returns in just a moment. Okay, time for something we can all relate to shopping her strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers
0: do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of mount everest it doesn't have to be top seos.com knows how hard that climb can be and they can make top ranking a reality top seos send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let TopSEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors.
2: In 500 yards, CPA Way will be on your right. You have reached your destination.
1: Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm
2: the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs.
0: Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now.
2: WebmasterRadio.fm
0: Keeping you out of rush hour traffic.
1: Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan.
0: Well, welcome back to Purse Strings. My guest today is one of my favorites, Elisa Kemahort Page. She's the COO and co founder of Blog Her. I know you've heard all about Blog Her. And she manages as many events, marketing and corporate operations. And when she has time, and apparently she does, she manages to write and contribute to eight blogs. That's right, eight blogs. But what do you expect from someone who helped co-found blog her, right? Alisa, welcome back to the program.
2: Well, thank you so much, Maria. It's my pleasure to be back.
0: Oh, thrilled to have you. And it's so funny. I feel like blog her is kind of converging on me. I just had seen Lisa Stone host a blogger panel at the Marketing to Women conference the other week, and she just did a marvelous job, of course. And I was really impressed with her panel. It was very diverse, um, including Afrobella, which apparently is one of the biggest, if not the biggest blog for African-American women, uh, was really impressed with her. What can you tell me about the rise in ethnic-oriented blogs?
2: You know, it's it's interesting. Statistically, uh, people of color in the U.S. have adopted blogging at an even um, higher rate uh than white people since the beginning. So Pew did a report several years ago that said that basically people of color were, were over indexed on adopting reading and writing blogs. And um, you know, and just as now, women in general are over indexed and are the majority of bloggers and social media users. And I think these tools are always so appealing Um, because they allow you to raise your voice and allow you to be heard without dealing with the typical gatekeeper um, structure in place in, in, say, traditional media or the corporate world. So it's all, you know, I think that's why blogging and social media holds such appeal uh, for both women and people of color. Uh, But there is a definite swing towards uh, brands and marketers trying to reach uh, people of color. We see it uh, very significantly in the Latina market. We see it in the African American market. We see a lot of very specific and targeted outreach, and that's that's a great thing about particularly marketing online, is you can get really targeted in who you're reaching, and you can really target your messages and, and, and really be able to relate to people uh, on a more, what feels like more of a one-to-one basis.
0: Right, and and as you said, really, really mind those messages so they're they're aimed at that audience. I know um, Patricia right. Greljurski, the woman behind Afrobella, on that panel actually talked about how she had designed her own lip gloss for a company, mm-hmm. and it sold out in five days, which speaks to the power of Afrobella. I think it also speaks to, you know, how smart that company was to engage her in that effort. Um, There are a variety of new ways I know that marketers are engaging bloggers in very big ways, very much like that lip gloss did for that company. Um, What are you seeing as far as ways of engagement that are really effective with those readers?
2: Well, I think the thing that's really important and that I always try to get across when we're working with our customers is that... People think of social media as this big monolithic, oh, we're going to have a social media strategy. But actually, people use different social tools for different reasons. So, for instance, um, from our research, we know, and, and it's pretty intuitive, I think, as well, people use Facebook to keep in touch with friends and family, and increasingly, they use Facebook to play games and have fun. So brands that are doing things that either, A, allow them to relate as humans to other humans and be part of a just a regular conversation, or where they're delivering an experience that is ongoing that gives someone a reason to come back to you those those are the most successful the the sort of the default um, marketing uh, attempt to like exchange a like for a coupon or a discount or an offer is actually statistically shown that yeah people will do that, but they don't come back and they don't Engage with you and create a relationship with you. Meanwhile, people are using blogs to have more substantive conversations, to dig into information, to get advice, to get recommendations. They're, they're kind of digging in there with the longer form content. And so we, you know, we show that that's where you should go and actually dig in and, and really provide more substantive information and really answer questions and really provide support. So you're going to have a different approach in different, um, segments and, but anything you can do, I think in the social space that is a human interacting with a human, hearing what's being said, responding with something specific and not, um, boilerplate. That's Mm -hmm. the kind of thing that gets people excited. You know, it's, it's interesting because we were recently, the New York times did a big Sunday magazine article on McDonald's and how they've been growing and how they've have been doing well and they they really brought up a lot of what they're doing in the social media space including some stuff they've done with BlogHer and last year at our conference they brought the head of McDonald's Jan Fields to BlogHer she did a luncheon with bloggers and they launched um, a new initiative at at BlogHer and the the closing quote of this article was from one of the attendees of that lunch who said that wow when am I ever going to get the chance to meet her and I just related to her as a woman and as a mom Mm -hmm. and that means I now relate to McDonald's, and I Mm -hmm. think of McDonald's first because I have that extra little bit of connection. And that's really Mm -hmm. what online um, and social tools allow brands to do. It's a tremendous um, boon to, to being able to establish that kind of brand loyalty that only used to be available to the biggest, biggest brands. You know, you had to be a Coke versus Pepsi, a GM versus Ford, you know, those kind of iconic brands. Um, but now, a lot more companies have the opportunity to create that kind of emotional connection. Yeah,
0: really build the relationship, you know, and form a true um, relationship as much as you can virally. But but absolutely, you feel like that there is a personality behind that brand mm-hmm. that is richer and deeper and more multi-layered than you get from say a traditional advertising campaign for sure. And I right. know that. Um, companies do invest in this form of marketing because they do see the value of relationship mining in this way and I'm just curious because I've not seen any, seen any data out there. and I don't know if Blogger has it or not, but if you've ever been able to quantify how much of the consumer spending is the result of this deeper engagement with bloggers and blogs and, and the referral and recommendation that kind of spins off of
2: that. Well, that's such an interesting question and it is, you know, the whole online uh, marketing world and social marketing world, the holy grail right now is to figure out how to directly tie engagement, directly tie relationship and activity to basically purchases. Um, there's a couple of ways uh, that it can actually be done. I mean, One thing we know from just our own research is that um, 87% of bloggers network, but of just the general population of blog readers report they've made purchases based on blog recommendations. That's the highest percentage versus Facebook versus Twitter versus Pinterest. Um, So we know that people are attributing their purchasing in a sort of self-reported way to Mm -hmm. blog recommendations. You can also use... um, Tools like, there's a tool called Home Scan by Nielsen, which you can measure lift in purchasing before by date range. But it's the same kind of controlled environment that they do with trying to track what happens because of TV commercials. You have to sort of know, well, what was running during that time? What kind of marketing was going on? How can I really, you know, attribute it? And we certainly have done, you know, we've had a case, case studies where we know that the blogger activation was the only thing they were doing at that time, and we've seen the lift in intent to purchase and actual purchasing. But it's pretty rare that that's the only thing that's happening. I mean, typically, if you're launching a product, you're kind of going full-court press. And so it becomes difficult to do that direct tie. But, But I do think that that's What we're all kind of working on, you know, my other co-founder, you mentioned Lisa, my other co-founder, Joy Desjardins, she's on the board of the IAB, and, um, you know, we work, we're members of Walmart, we're members of all these organizations, and I can tell you it's the top of mind for every (laughs) advertising and marketing organization working in the Internet space to try and get closer and closer to making that direct tie, which is kind of a long way of saying I don't have the exact data you're asking about. But
0: you're working on it, and we all recognize it's it's a valuable element, especially as we as marketers try to sell in these kinds of engagement uh, campaigns with with our clients because we know there's great value there, right? And I know that companies get it, um, but how much they're willing to invest, of course, Um, could be greater if we could actually see a a tie to the ROI. So I wish you luck on that. When you crack the code, let me know because I'm (laughs) anxious uh, to get an answer on that one. But I think everyone's in agreement that there's a lot of value there just from a relationship building, keeping the brand top of mind, and and the great insight that we get from consumers when we're in that relationship mode. I know – that has changed marketing dramatically. We're very much more real-time marketing now. Are there other ways that you think blogs and bloggers are, are kind of changing how we market today?
2: Well, they're changing how we should market today. Um, <laughs> one, thing, <laughs> one thing we know is that because of the rise of blogging and bloggers, we know that people are driven more and more to seek out the opinion of people like me. Now, they always were. Word of mouth. We always knew word of mouth was powerful, but it used to be limited to the relatively limited circle of who you knew in your neighborhood, at your school, whatever it might be. Now, the circle of people you know is in the thousands, um, easily, with your social tools. And we know that in every research study we have done, uh, you know, over since we started doing custom research in 2008, we know that the voice, Of a person like me, whether it's in your real life or on your in your online life, is more powerful and is something that people report trusting more highly than any corporate voice. So it's really important to realize that people want to hear from people, and people want to. It goes right back to that: creating relationships, being human, making them feel there's an authentic, um, you know, uh, making them understand the people behind the brand because mm-hmm. people you know we always say that about um, in the investment world and in like the venture capital world but in the end people give money to people that's um great. doesn't matter how great your idea is they have to believe in you and your ability and your vision and mm-hmm. that's that's why someone's going to invest money and it's the same thing about people investing their hard-earned hard-earned dollars
0: yeah, if if you, I know that I've heard a lot from women who say, I feel like that company gets me. I feel like they understand me, and and yep. so few companies do it well that when you find yep. a company or a brand that totally gets it and relates to you in that way, you do reward them. And so yep. I absolutely believe you are correct that we invest in brands that we feel like have a connection with us, and if they're in conversation with us, that's that's all the better, right? So.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I was thinking about this in relation to the whole Google Google versus Facebook thing because I'm sort of a resistant Facebook user. I don't like to use Facebook Connect. I don't want to give up my contact list. I don't Mm -hmm. don't sign into places on on my Facebook identity. Um, And I I recognize that I have this kind of mistrustful feeling about it, whereas Google... you know, I, I actually use Google Plus quite a bit, more than I use Facebook. And I actually will sign in as my, if I had to choose when they give you all those choices and I don't want to create,
1: typically I'll just
2: create my own new account. I'd rather be an individual everywhere. But if I have to choose, I will choose to log in with Google. And I was like, why is that? It's a brand thing, clearly. I obviously trust Google more than I trust Facebook. What's that about? And I thought, well, you know what? Google gives me value every day. I use all their products for free. Search, Gmail, Analytics, Google Docs. I mean, every single day I am using products they made that I use for free, and I feel there's a you know there's a fair exchange of value. I know they've got my data. I know they're making money off my data, but I feel like well I'm getting a lot in return here. So it's mm-hmm. sort of that I feel like they've given me something, and therefore mm-hmm. I am more trusting. And I, it only was like I've been saying you know for we, years I've talked about Google and Facebook and all of these tools, and it was only in the last couple of weeks where I really started to I just identify my own. Brand feelings um, when it comes to that case.
0: Yeah, that was a big aha, wasn't it? But it, but I think yeah, it you're is. right. You have more interaction with them as a brand. Number one, number yep. two, you you feel like they're giving you something that you clearly value, and yep. um, and you're okay with the price that you have to pay for that, right? So yep. um it makes total sense. <laughs> total sense when you start. You know, turn turn that, that vision inward on yourself for a moment and uh, that makes that makes total sense. Well we're gonna take a quick break when we come back. I wanna dive into the upcoming conferences that blog her okay. has lined up over the summer. So stick around, Elise will be back with that in just a moment.
1: Okay. Time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Her strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers.
0: The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries into the 16th Annual International Web Award Competition. Independent judges from around the world recognize the best websites from nearly 100 industries. Web Awards winners receive an image plaque, certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our expert judges, and links to your site from the highly ranked Web Awards site. You can't win if you don't enter Sign up now at www.webaward.org.
2: Looking for a white-label SEO and social
0: platform for your clients? Think Brands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1 866 625 5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. MySEOTool.com is your all in one SEO management resource. MySEOTool.com makes it easy to optimize and oversee all of your SEO efforts. Line-by-line detailed reports help you identify any problems and show you how to fix them. MySEOTool.com is completely automated. Once you use it, you will see a rise in your search rankings and traffic. Try MySEOTool risk-free today. Go to MySEOTool.com. MySEOTool.com. WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome to the place your competitors get their edge. Jump on it. We're here for you 24-7.
1: Her strings is back with the inside track on today's woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan.
0: and we're back. I've been chatting today with Elisa Kamahor-Page, the COO and co-founder of BlogHer, and we've been talking at a macro level just really how blogs and blogging have changed marketing, or should be changing marketing anyway, and how it really, um, those blogs derive a relationship that you can't really mine anywhere else. And when it talks about relationship building, though, I know your conferences really go a long way toward that. You've got Blog Her Food coming up pretty darn soon in just a month, June 8th and yep. 9th in Seattle. Crazy.
2: Yep, it's almost here.
0: <laughs> I know <laughs> it's always a, a, a well attended conference. Talk a little bit about what's exciting you this year at, at Blog Her Food.
2: Well, one of the things, Blog Her Food is uh, we start this is our fourth year. It's up to five hundred attendees and it's really the best book, food writers and authors and bloggers and chefs and photographers, and they're such a passionate and intense portion of our community that it's all the energy itself is just incredibly um, and, uh, vital, revitalizing around blog i mean you don't have to be a food blogger to just catch kind of the spirit of how much they put in to food blogs. And when you think about it, there is a lot of food blogs. You have to cook the food. You have to write about the recipe. You have to take the beautiful photographs. I mean, it's a very work-intensive segment of the blogosphere. Um, And so I'm just really excited about being in such a passionate user base. Uh, But, of course, the the programming is always really great. And I'm excited this year. I'm interviewing uh, two real stars of the sort of food, um, clean, healthy food uh, movement, Terry Walters, who wrote Clean Foods, and Bryant Terry, who wrote, um, well, Soul Kitchen Vegan uh, and the Inspired Vegan, and we're talking about something that's very near and dear to my heart, which is the intersection of great food, good health, and social justice. Um, And I've always, you know, sort of felt like you can't ask people to eat healthy if it's not going to be enjoyable and pleasurable. So you have to have the great food to get the good health, and it ought to be accessible and available to people of all class levels to be able to eat well and, and, and basic healthy food. And so it's really um, a conversation I'm really looking forward to having, and those two are just um, fantastic. We also have Kim Suni, who wrote Trail of Crumbs, and she's our closing keynote. Lisa's going to interview her. and. She has an amazing story. She was left on a park bench by her mother when she was oh a toddler God. in in Korea. And days late, she just sat there, didn't know what to do. And it took several days for the police to figure it out that this was an abandoned child. And from there, she's now this best-selling author, chef. She was a judge on Iron Chef. Um And just the, the story of her journey is so... um Well, it's moving and, and it's just amazing and it shows you how, how you can keep driving your life forward, uh, even coming from circumstances that can certainly cause you issues. So there's, you know, there's so much storytelling in food blogging. I don't think people always realize that. There's so much emotion. There's so much memory. There's so much storytelling. So we're going to hear a lot of that next month.
0: That's amazing no, but if you if you think about it, right, we all have a very close and personal relationship with food, and yep. some of our memories are all tied up with food. you know if you think about um, important things that your family celebrates, typically there's a meal that that circulates around, yep. so you know if you really give it some thought, and I hadn't really before you just mentioned that it it's probably not surprising that food and this conference especially, is really emotional and all about storytelling because we all have our stories about food. And uh, it sounds like some really exciting interviews that are going to be happening, a lot of really fun speakers. And then you follow that up not even a month later with BlogHer 2012, which is August 2 through 4 in New York City. Can't believe it's your eighth year. Congratulations.
2: Thank you. I know. It's shocking. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Probably no, shocking to you and, and not to everybody, though, who goes. I know they look forward to it every year. It does yes. seem to grow, and it's mm-hmm. always sold out. Um, talk a little bit about how big it's gotten, and how do you keep it from feeling too big?
2: Well, it's funny you should say that, because actually our mantra around the office is, how do we get bigger but feel smaller? That's oh, yeah. the question we ask ourselves when we're planning. Um, you know, we're going to have over 4,000 attendees this year. Mm. And and it's going to be at the New York Hilton, which is probably the last time we'll be able to be in a hotel as opposed to Convention Center. Last year we were in the San Diego Convention Center, which was beautiful. Um, so we're going to be all in one place and pretty um, – <laughs> we'll be very cozy together at the Hilton. <laughs> and you know we do a variety of things to help people find their tribe and connect with one another uh, programming is really important we have um, almost i think it's almost ten tracks of programming across many many different segments from the technical to writing to professional to personal to political um, and we sort of break out all these tracks so that any one track is getting you know the, the two hundred people who care really deeply about that topic uh, and that allows people to spread out a little bit. It allows people not to feel um, jammed in with everybody else all the time. You know, bloggers, um, I don't want to generalize too much, but I think a lot of us are introverts. Uh, I think we show up in places like this, and there is a challenging aspect to being around so many people, even if you're really excited to see them. So. Um, finding ways to spread the crowd out and put them in a lot of different places so they're gravitating towards what's most important to them. We, of course, do a newbie breakfast for the new bloggers to start out the day. Uh, The conference, we do birds of a feather lunches so people can gather in small groups. So we're constantly trying to find ways to allow people to appreciate the scale of what they get because it is the largest blogging conference in the U.S., uh, but to also find opportunities to, to self-select themselves into smaller groups if that's how they feel more comfortable. And by providing both experiences, people can really plan their own event and make their own blog occur. And um, that's really how we think of it. And we think of what's the path for someone who's into X? What's their path going to be through the conference? It's going to leave them constantly feeling that this conference was made just for them. And, mm-hmm. and that's that's our challenge, and that's what we dig into every year.
0: Well, and I know that the conference attracts a lot of the same people year after year, and so they become familiar with with people who attend on a frequent basis, which probably helps you uh, make those and create those mini bloggers, if you will, for those individuals. How many people, though, come that are brand new to the conference?
2: Well, you know, we grow so much every year that there's usually almost half are are new each year. Wow. Um, probably not this year because we'll be only a little bit bigger than last year because of the hotel limitation. But, um, but the thing is, that can actually be daunting to people. Like, people don't realize how many other newbies are there. They think everybody's already been and everybody's already <laughs> friends. And, you know, it feels like you're going to walk in and be the only new person. And so we always make a really big point of saying, you know what, actually... No, a big chunk of you are new each and every year. There's a lot of other people um, in your boat. You know, I'm, I'm a closet introvert myself, and I always um, give people this advice because it really works for me. You know, just look for someone who looks more uncomfortable and freaked out than you do, and make it your job <laughs> to make them feel more comfortable. You know, put it. Put, you know, take care of somebody else because we all can. I think we all have that instinct and can do that. Um, and that sort of takes the focus off your own discomfort and your own nerves. That's what I, that's what I try to do.
0: It's a good piece of advice for all of us because I think all of us are to some degree introverts, especially when there's 5,000 people at a conference. (laughs) This can be a little overwhelming. Right.
2: Right, definitely. I don't think I don't think anyone's automatically comfortable with five thousand people. But no, no, maybe Bill no, no, Clinton.
0: All. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I know so many great success stories come out of the conference. I know people leave with lots of great information in their mind, and and that spurs them to take action. Um, you know, what are what are a couple of stories that you you to this day are so proud of that have come out of the conference?
2: Well, one of my favorite stories is comes out of the first Blog Her Food Conference when a blogger, um, named Helene Dujardin from Sweet Tartlet, we invited her to speak about her food photography and she came. It was her first time speaking at a conference and she, she told me afterwards she was at the baggage claim in North Carolina waiting for a bag to show back up and she got this call um uh, asking her if she was interested in perhaps shooting photographs for another blogger's impending cookbook. And mm-hmm. she basically told me, <clears throat> excuse me, told me that before the conference, she probably would have said, Oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm just, a, you know, I'm not a professional photographer, and, and I'm sure you want someone with way more pedigree than I have. But she came out of the conference feeling so empowered and so, um, just full of this is what she wants to do with her life and full confidence that she said yes. And from there, she shot that cookbook, and then she got her own cookbook deal. And, you know, when her own cookbook was published, and this was at least two years later, she sent Lisa and Jory and me an email on the day it was published to just to thank us for, for creating an environment where she was ready to pursue her dreams and really ready to take the next steps. That's always one of my favorite stories because it is about the, what we really hope to accomplish, which is everybody comes to Her and really gets filled with that confidence that they can pursue their path, whatever that may be. Not everybody's got the same path. Um, so there's, there's a lot of people who've gotten book deals through, through BlogHer who've founded companies out of meeting their BlogHer partners. Um, you know, we, we even know a woman, Elizabeth uh, Kessler, who said, you know, she was prepping for a panel and um, she realized that she completely wanted to change the direction of her Ph.D. research based on that, and it completely created a new sort of path for her future. And that's the kind of uh, stuff that I think can really happen when you get a bunch of very fertile, creative minds in a room
0: amazing, isn't it? And then then there's probably stories that you don't even know of, right? Right. Um, And just imagine, you plant the seed and then it it grows exponentially I'm sure. Uh, We're going to wrap it up, but before we go, I do want to ask you about the Health Minder Day. I noticed that. What is that?
2: Well, we had noticed this very big increase in requests for content and activities around health and wellness. So last year, for the first year, we did a special needs parenting mini-con at we kind of gave it a double-wide slot at the conference and a lunch period um, because they wanted to convene. We noticed more, give us more fitness activities, give us healthier food, give us, you know, more sessions around body image, sessions around patient, you know, how to talk about what you're going through with your own health. And so we're like, you know what, Blogger um, is a women's event, and a lot of women's uh, events have made their, you know, their bread and butter is kind of health and wellness. And, and ours never has been. We haven't really focused on it tremendously. Um, and we said this year we're seeing such an increase in interest in this topic that we created a whole pre-conference day. It's in those three programming areas, fitness and nutrition, special needs parenting and caregiving, and self-care and social health and ha- talking about our, caring for ourselves. And we really just wanted to bring people together and focus that energy and bring, you know, what's the latest information, you know, bring experts, bring, there's so many gizmos and gadgets now all about trying to track your health and take better care. Uh, you know, we're a technology conference as well, and so there's so much tech now that's focused on how we track our own health and the health of people we love, and it's just a really interesting topic, that intersection of health, technology, and openness and transparency, and it's i think it's only going to become more important. So that so yeah, it's our 1st told day. I'm really
0: excited. Well well good luck with that. And for those people who are listening today that may want to attend either blog her food or blog her. do you still have openings or are you sold out?
2: We do still have openings on both. I do think like I said blog her 12 is now at uh, at this hotel that definitely <laughs> has capacity issues, so I think we'll be selling out sometime soon, um, and, and Block Her Food is, is about a month away. So, but there are yeah. still openings available for both.
0: Wonderful. Great. Well, thank you so much for being back on the show. It's great to always touch base with you and see what new things you're up to, and I wish you the best of luck with both conferences. I know they'll be great successes, and um, we'll have to, to touch base later on to, to hear some of the th- great things that came out of them. So thanks so much, Elisa.
2: Thank you, Maria. Pleasure to be here.
0: And thanks to my producer, George, and join me right here for another edition of Purse Strings next Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern time. And until then, make it a great one.